Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello and welcome to episode 365 of the UK True Crime Podcast. 34 days to Christmas. Are you all set? Thank you for joining me for this episode today where I look at a story that many of you will know. But I wonder if, like me, you were unaware of the details. Well, let's see. It's a story that includes that most terrifying aspect, I think, of murder, cannibalism. It has fascinated us all on the screen. It's hard not to think about Anthony Hopkins, his chilling portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs. Other serial killers also immediately spring to mind, such as Jeffrey Dahmer. But before we start, today's episode, I'm delighted, is sponsored by Aura Frames. Christmas in my family, for as long as I can remember, is all about connecting with loved ones, and I reckon there's no better way of doing that than a digital picture frame from Aura Frames. And the frames are great. Wirecutter called it the best digital photo frame. And it's easy to see why. You can upload your favourite pics of the family to one frame and relive all those happy moments again, or share big news like a new addition to the family, or a picture of your favourite true crime podcaster. Our family loves sharing pictures we've taken throughout the year. I bet yours do too. I'll certainly be sending pictures of our new house in Spain to lots of friends and relatives. It really is the ideal presence as it's personal and shows you've really given it some thought, but when you have a super busy life, it's also an easy present to give. Give the perfect gift this holiday season by visiting auraframes.com today and get $30 off their best-selling frames with the code TRUECRIME. These frames sell out quickly though, so get yours before they're gone. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com with the promo code TRUECRIME, that's all caps. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so let's quickly set the scene for today's story with our guest of the month and year game. Top of the UK music charts was Mike Posner, who took a pill in Ibiza. And in the US, at number two in the charts was friend of the show, it was the Bieber, with Love Yourself. And in Australia, top of the album charts was Zane, with Mind of Mine. And in the news this month, the Panama Papers were published. 11.5 million confidential documents from an offshore law firm exposed widespread illegal activities including fraud, tax evasion and the violation of international sanctions by the world's elite in the world's largest ever data leak. Now who would have thought? The longest ever captured python was found in Penang, Malaysia. Oh my goodness, it was eight meters long. Imagine seeing that, it's an amazing creature, but I don't want to see it slithering towards me. There was sad news this month as British comedy legend Victoria Wood died of cancer at just 62. And my childhood hero along with Bowie, Prince, died at just 57. In UK true crime news, a jury at a coroner's court in Warrington declared that the victims of the Hillsborough disaster in 1989 were unlawfully killed. Doesn't your heart just go out to the families and friends who've campaigned so amazingly for justice 
fighting the establishment. And Welsh footballer Ched Evans had his 2012 conviction for rape quashed by the Court of Appeal. So did you guess the month and year? It was April 2016. I would never have got that either. I would have thought about 2019. Anyway, on to today's story. As we all know in today's world, we have the ability to mask our true selves by creating false personas on social media, dating sites and other places. Frankly, it's never been more true that anyone can be whoever they want to be. Grindr is the world's largest social networking and online dating app targeted at men to meet men. Since its launch in 2009, it has transformed the dating scene for men who identify as LGBTQ+. But along with all the happiness this has provided to so many, like all dating apps, it has allowed predators to commit horrific crimes. I've covered so many on this podcast, even episode number one. With Grindr, my mind is immediately taken back to UK serial killer Stephen Port, who used dating apps to lure his victims and was even in some tabloids known as the, the Grinder Killer. Opened in 1876, the Peabody Estate is in the heart of central London. Located just a stone's throw away from London Bridge and the Tate Modern, it's a fantastic location. And like all desirable places in London, it's a very expensive one. On Friday the 1st of April 2016, a man only identified as CD got lost among the maze of apartments on the Peabody estate. He was looking for an apartment where a chemsex party was being held. So if you're unsure and you don't want to Google it on your work laptop, chemsex is sexual activity under the influence of drugs. CD had been invited by someone named Domination London on a gay fetish app called Recon. After briefly getting lost, CD found the apartment and rang the buzzer. There was no response, so he rang it several times more. A short while later, a man answered and said, Hello, sorry, we are having a kind of a situation here. The person went on to describe how someone was not feeling well and told CD not to worry as everything was under control, but the party was now cancelled. CD would later describe the voice as sounding concerned, a little bit upset but he didn't sound too worried. Walking away from the apartment, CD believed that someone was probably being sick, maybe a couple of drinks or too many drugs inhaled. A week later, the residents of Block E in the Peabody Estate became overwhelmed by the growing smell of decomposing flesh. The caretaker of the estate attempted to cover up the odour with air freshener, but the stench grew stronger and stronger, and the residents called the police. Born on the 26th of June 1966, Stefano Brizzi was the youngest of three children to a mum who worked in children's healthcare and a civil servant father. The family were devout Catholics who lived in a small town in Tuscany in Italy. By the age of 15, Stefano realised he was gay, and he struggled with his sexuality, which went against his family's strict Catholic beliefs. One of his childhood friends said, and I quote, 30 years ago, it was not easy to live freely without being judged for homosexuality. I remember Stefano was a very sensitive boy who could not find peace within himself, who was tormented. Another friend said, 
Like all homosexuals in my generation, he faced a bumpy ride to gain acceptance. By the time Stefano was an adult, he left his hometown and studied at a university in Florence. Following his graduation, he stayed in the city, where he worked as a computer programmer through his 20s and 30s. He was diagnosed with HIV and hepatitis C during his early 40s in 2008. He really struggled with this diagnosis and referred to it as a death sentence. But treatment has come on tremendously and it allowed him to lead a normal and healthy life. In 2012, Stefano was offered a life-changing opportunity. He was given the chance to work in London as a senior web developer for the investment bank Morgan Stanley, where he would receive a decent annual salary of £70,000. Prior to this opportunity, Stefano was really not happy with his life. His uncle said, Stefano has spent a life studying. He took a degree in Florence and started to work here as a programmer, but complained because they paid little, had no prospects of further employment, and he dreamt of going abroad. Then he went to London. He was incredibly happy about this opportunity. Stefano found London amazing. He was heavily into the gay scene, and Stefano also tried drugs for the first time, including crystal meth, GHB, and ketamine. Look, I don't know too much about drugs, but it appears that in contrast to some countries, the use of crystal meth in the UK is not as common compared to other recreational drugs such as cocaine. Government stats showed in 2019 that around a million people had used cocaine. In contrast, only 11,000 people said they used crystal meth. But despite its rarity, it is said to be frequently used among the gay male community. If you are unfortunate enough to develop a crystal meth habit, it is seriously, seriously bad news. It's a highly addictive and powerful stimulant, with the effects lasting a long time. In countries where there's a real problem, a real widespread use of crystal meth, severe psychosis has been reported. So Stefano got seriously into crystal meth, and this didn't help him at work. Indeed, due to the severity of his crystal meth addiction, he was asked to leave his job in February 2015 after just three years. It was a huge blow for someone who was so desperate to make the most of this opportunity for what he thought was a better life. By 2016, he joined a Crystal Meth Anonymous group, but he shocked other people in this group by discussing his sexual behaviour, including satanic rituals, pain and sacrifice. A picture posted to social media at this time sees Stefano posing with a jar of Nutella, which he compared to Crystal Meth with Breaking Bad, the programme in the background. The caption to the picture said, I'm going to sit here, eat and watch another episode of Breaking Bad and, well, I'll be thinking of doing all the wrong things. Lol. Stefano saw a psychologist about it and said, The problem with that is the psychologist said that Crystal Meth caused psychosis. He went on to explain, I was raised Catholic, being gay was seen as evil, and the devil, so I've been into Satan. I'm not quite sure how from here, but Stefano went on to become a social worker in England. He maintained an incredibly active sex life, and regularly engaged in, shall we say, less mainstream sexual practices, 
including heavy bondage, domination, and sexual asphyxiation. But look, what people do in their personal lives is up to them, right? No judgment here, none at all. Well, except Piers Morgan, obviously. Stefano was big on Grindr, and under the profile Dom, SE1, he made contact with police officer Gordon Semple on the 1st of April 2016. Originally from Scotland, Gordon lived in Dartford in Kent, and he'd worked in banking for joining the Met Police, where he served for 30 years. The 59-year-old was openly gay, and had been in an open relationship with his partner for 25 years. Stefano's profile clearly indicated he liked the dominant activity, he included his postcode, and he made clear that he was, and again I quote, free now for hot, dirty, sleazy session. The two made contacts and Stefano invited Gordon round to his apartment. Following a work meeting at the Shard, Gordon headed via Blackfriars Station to Stefano's Southwark apartment. Once inside, for the next few hours, the pair partied and used Grinder to invite other men to the sex party, where it was clear that heavy drugs would be available. Only one man responded to this party request, which was the unidentified man we spoke about earlier, referred to as CD. Shortly after 7pm, CD arrived at the apartment to be told that the party was no longer happening. What he could never have guessed is the party had just been cancelled as Stefano had just murdered Gordon. Seeing he was dead in an attempt to cover his tracks, Stefano messaged Gordon saying, Next time, just one-on-one. He then dismembered Gordon's body before dissolving most of his remains in an acid-filled bathtub. He flushed Gordon's lungs and remains he cannot dissolve down the toilet. A hand, foot and leg were roasted in the oven. Stefano dumped more of Gordon's remains in the River Thames, which he transported on his bike. Gordon's foot was later found washed up on the Thames riverbank just by the Bermondsey Wall. Meanwhile, after Gordon failed to return home and answer 20 phone calls from his partner, Gordon's partner reported him missing. Four days after the murder, Stefano went to the Leyland Specialist Decorators Merchants on Southwark Street, where he purchased bottles of acid cleaning products and a three-in-one saw set. CCTV captured the moment he held a bucket over his head in a way to apparently see if it was big enough to hold a human head. The neighbours grew increasingly disturbed by the foul smell coming from Stefano's apartment. When one neighbour knocked on his door to complain about the smell, he answered the door in only pink underwear and sunglasses and told the neighbour that the smell was him cooking a meal for a friend. Shortly afterwards, the police knocked on his door, to which he again answered just wearing his pink boxers. At first he confessed to killing Gordon and said, I've tried to dissolve the body. I've killed a police officer. I met him on Grindr and I killed him. Satan told me to. As the police entered his property, they came across a truly gruesome sight, a line I say too much on this podcast. The officers found flesh floating in the bathtub. Gordon's head was inside the flat and his remains were also discovered in the drain pipes of the apartment building. In the communal bins, two black bin bags contained human flesh, a hand, a human pelvis and a part of a spine. Some body parts, including fat, internal organs and skin, have never been recovered. 
Officers found handwritten notes addressed to the devil and a copy of the Satanic Bible on his computer. When interviewed in custody, Stefano blamed the killing on his crystal meth addiction, saying, On crystal meth, the voice was consistent. A very clear voice said, You must kill, you must kill, you must kill. He was asked by the custody sergeant if he'd taken any drugs in the last 24 hours. He said, Yes, I took crystal meth yesterday when I was thinking I should get rid of the corpse. Four days had passed by and nobody had seen or said anything. I thought I was getting away with it. I'd nearly finished, but I took a shot. I was going to finish the job today. As you can see, this man was a very big man, and all I have left is two buckets. Detectives believed they had a strong enough case to secure a conviction, and he was charged with murder. At trial, the prosecuting QC, Crispin Aylett, had warned the jury that the evidence in this case called for strong stomachs. He told jurors that Stefano heavily used crystal meth and had lost his job with Morgan Stanley before seeking help from a support group run by Alex Roberts. He continued that Mr Roberts said that Stefano Brizzi had been obsessed with the American TV show Breaking Bad. In the series, a chemistry teacher named Walter White starts producing crystal meth. At first, this is done to pay for medical care, but he soon descends into the criminal underworld. After poisoning a rival, White ends up dissolving the body in acid. The QC went on to say, in dismembering Gordon Semple and disposing some of the body parts, the defendant must have hoped first to avoid being caught, and if that failed, that it would be impossible to identify how Gordon Semple met his death. Despite initially confessing to murdering Gordon to the police, Stefano changed his story and now said that the death was a result of a sex game gone wrong when a dog leash that Gordon was wearing had slipped. But the court heard it would have taken far longer for Gordon to be strangled than the small amount of time that Stefano gave in his explanation of the events of that day. Stefano said the two men had used a warning code to indicate enjoyment or distress This included the code word red, meaning stop immediately. He told how Gordon had been extremely excited during their encounter, but he added he never said red. And he realised that something had gone wrong, started to panic when he removed a mask covering Gordon's head and found he was completely unresponsive. He said he performed chest compressions and mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, but they didn't have any effect. He thought about calling an ambulance, but didn't as he thought he might have a condition like asthma. Stefano said he checked Gordon's pocket for an inhaler, but instead he found his police badge. I was absolutely petrified, he said. The horrifying details of the aftermath of the murder were laid bare at the trial, where the court heard that he had grated his victim's flesh from his bones before eating some with chopsticks. Gordon's DNA was found on the chopping board chopsticks in the oven. A bite mark was also discovered on one of Gordon's ribs. As we've said, one of the elements in this case was Stefano's obsession with Breaking Bad. His infatuation with the show was so big that he would even wear a Breaking Bad t-shirt whilst attending the Crystal Meth support group. The prosecuting QC had to mention the similarities of the case in the first season when Walter dissolves a rival in acid. Crispin asked Stefano 
Do you accept that you were living out an episode of Breaking Bad? To which Stefano replied, I accept I considered without any rationality at all. If I'd thought about it, if I was some kind of criminal mind, I'd have done things in a much more organised way. I think I was inspired by the idea. I took whatever was there, thinking maybe I can dissolve him. In mitigation, his QC blamed Stefano's addiction to crystal meth. As she accepted the expert evidence, she said, The behaviour can only be described to taking the drug crystal meth, which as the court will know, has appalling effects on those who become addicted to it. In addition, she highlighted that Stefano had absolutely no recollection of the murder and was utterly horrified by it. In a victim statement read to the court, Gordon's older brother, Ronald, spoke warmly about his brother, saying that Gordon had been regarded as a Dixon of Doc Green character, a reference to the police show in the 60s and 70s. He told how as well as serving with the Met Police more than 30 years, his brother had enjoyed running marathons and organising trips to France to charity. He was a caring and gentle person, and much loved by his family, who were left devastated with the news of his murder. After 30 hours of deliberation, the jury reached a guilty verdict in December 2016. Stefano Brizzi was sentenced to life in prison and to serve a minimum of 24 years. The judge also sentenced him to seven years for obstructing a coroner, which ran concurrently. Following the sentencing, the Deputy Chief Prosecutor for London said, Brizzy is an evil and calculating man who intentionally killed Gordon Semple and then made gruesome attempts to dispose of his body. He cynically lied to the court and the jury, claiming that Mr Semple's tragic death was caused when a sex game went horribly wrong and that he had taken drugs, which caused him to try and cover up the death. This was all fabricated by Brizzy to evade justice. The investigation has evidenced the sickening lengths that he went to dismember Gordon and dispose of his remains. Not just in the immediate aftermath of the murder, but over the days that followed. While serving his time at HMP Belmarsh, Stefano was on suicide watch, then taken off suicide watch. But on the 5th of February 2017, Stefano did take his own life in the prison cell after serving just three months of his sentence. At the inquest into his death, it was said that Stefano had written letters to his family and friends, which were left on the bed and included the phrase, I will die in peace. It was addressed that Stefano was frustrated by the limitations of prison life. What did he expect? So what do you make of what we've heard today? As you may recall, the murder of Gordon Semple left the residents of the Peabody estate and the wider UK horrified. When looking at Stefano's background, there's no denying he struggled with accepting his sexuality whilst being raised in a devout Catholic household. But many, many have similar struggles. They don't react like this. The crystal meth is never going to help, right? But can his violence be blamed purely on this? And the other question remains as to whether there are any other victims of his violence. Or was the time he spent with Gordon the first time that this liking for sexual violence in some cases, spilled over the line into murder. But none of this, I guess, is any interest and certainly no consolation for the family and friends of Gordon Semple. 
He was a quiet and private man who kept himself to himself. Very few of his colleagues even knew his sexuality. That is until his private life was splashed all across the papers after his death, making everything even worse for those who loved him. Can you imagine? It's bad enough to lose someone in such circumstances, but to have all the gory details splashed out just oh, must be horrific. Our hearts go out to them for the terrible loss. And their knowledge of how badly he was treated towards the end of his life and the lack of respect that his body was shown in death. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss this story and any other aspects of UK True Crime, please head to Facebook and join over 91,000 of us who talk UK True Crime 24-7. Some people even find it amusing to make jokes about the Mighty Leeds United. And to support the show, please do head to patreon.com slash UKDrewCrime for bonus episodes and loads of other exclusive content. A huge thank you to the latest members of this community. That's Claire, Dave and Paul Bosworth. Thank you so much. Your support is so much appreciated. So if you're not supporting me at Patreon yet, please do join our community at patreon.com slash UKDrewCrime and help me to continue to release free weekly content. I even promised this week not to produce a Made in Rochdale t-shirt and sell it for $19.99 as merch. I can't say fairer than that, right? Okay, so that's all for me, the host of the UK's 37th most popular true crime podcast for another week. If you can, please do support my sponsor, Aura Frames. They sent me some frames and they're excellent, they really are. It also keeps advertisers spending some money with independent podcasters like me and allows me to just about afford to head to Ellen Road now and then. So until we speak again next week, please do take it easy. And remember, despite all the others, stay classy. Cheerio for now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.